looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. In unison. The word, I'm a preacher, so the word kind of kicks, trumps the rest of that stuff. But when I hear that stuff, when I heard those guys, it did something for me that I, I, I can't even express to you when you hear these men just singing loud to the Lord. And I bet out of those 55,000 of them, 54,999 said, I can't sing, I can't sing. Yeah, you can sing. So that's the expression of praise. So I just want you to have it in your heart that what it is is expressing to God and others our appreciation. Simple as pie. Number two, when am I to be thankful? I think you know the answer to that. The answer is A-L-W-A-Y-S, always. When are we to be thankful? Always. I've always heard people say, no, you, you can thank them for something, but you don't have to thank them in it while you're going through it. It's okay for you to be kind of down in the mouth and sorry and all of that. I know what they're really saying. What they're really saying is this. Don't deny your pain. Don't, don't, don't cover it up with a lot of sugar coating and it's still junk inside. I, I get all of that. But at the same time, I'm wondering that, yeah, okay, I'm hurting. I've been rejected. I've been fired. My kid is, didn't come home last night. I got a bad report from the doctor. I'm, I, this, this, I don't know what to do. I'm confused. But that's the time that we have to recalibrate our mind right then. And it's, I think it's the, the more mature you are, the quicker you can do this, spiritually speaking. And you get it up to God. And you say, Lord, I'm giving this, I'm, I'm getting up to the throne of grace. Help me with this right now. Even that you ought to say thankful for. Lord, thank you that I can even take it to you. <laughs> so we can always thank God. So I've given you two passages here. And look them up on your own time if you'd like. One is to give thanks for all things. We read that passage, so no matter what it is, you might say, oh, no, Stan, you don't know my wife. That's okay. You don't know my husband. That's even worse. You don't know my mother-in-law. You don't know my boss. You don't know my parents. You don't know my kids. You don't know my brother my sister. You don't know my disease. You don't know my situation. In many cases, I don't really know. I might hear about it. I might try to take what you've gone through and run it through the grid of my own bad experiences that I've gone through. But I really don't know it because you're feeling it through your giftedness, your personality, your experiences, your passions, all of that. You're, it, it's your world. I, 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 I can't feel everything that you have. I know that's going there. But I can tell you this, no matter what it is, Scripture says, especially in Ephesians 5, it says, for all things always. So at that moment, you're going to have to come to a time and say, Lord, I can't. But you can, therefore I will. And where the you can comes is what I started the sermon with, which was simply this. It's the filling of the Spirit. It's that influence of the Spirit that I can do this. Now, I'm going to get real spooky with you here, but I want you to kind of think about this. This will, be, this will give you something to talk about on the way home. In Hebrews, it talks about Jesus singing to the Father. In other passages, at least three, it talks about Jesus giving thanks to the Father or praying to the Father, thanking the Father. And so I'm thinking, okay, in one place, the, the one where he raised Lazarus, all right, 
the question is, why did he do that? You know, he's God, you know. Why did he even pray to God? It says that he did it as an example for those that are watching. Did you catch that? So he's my model. Now, now let me go a little bit further. He's still God the Son, who's equal to God the Father, but he's still God the Son in his humanity and his deity on planet Earth, uh, hypostatic union, all right? If you don't know what that all means, just, just call one of the deacons. They'll tell you, all right? One of the elders, rather. Go ahead. Let me go back to this. Stay with me now. So if I'm yielded to the Spirit, and Christ in me the hope of glory, Colossians chapter 1, and I can't do this, can I still say that my value says I want to do this, I should do this, I can't do this, so Jesus, Spirit, I need you to do this through me back to the Father. I I need to do it in Christ back to you. Can you not do that? I think we can. We just have to remember to go do that and Today's message in preaching is often not to teach you a lot of new stuff always, but to remind you of the stuff you already learned to go back to it. Me too, okay? So we're all in it. So we give it for all things. Notice the next one. In 1 Thessalonians, it says, giving thanks in all things. So some of you might be really in it. So I'm going to go over the three times people are thankful in Scripture. It's pretty elementary, but let me give it to you. Number one, first bullet point, after the blessing. After you've gotten your prayers answered, after you've gotten something given to you that was unexpected that you really needed. So after the blessing, and I'm going to put the word easy in there. You all have to agree that it's easy after you get something that you are looking forward to. Man, it is really easy to be very grateful to be able to do this. Do I need to give you an illustration? I could take you back to the Old Testament. Can you imagine, be with me for just a moment, that your, your families for, you know, for generations have been making bricks, and then you're beat to make more bricks faster, and then all of a sudden, God says, get out of that country. And then he leads you over here only to face this huge body of water over here. And behind you, it lickety splits come in the enemy, and they're not going to try to grab a hold of you. You have no idea what they're going to do with you, bring you back or kill you. You don't know. And so all of a sudden, the water opens up. You cross it on dry land. You get on the other side, and you're thinking, man, if I did it, they're going to follow right behind me. And all of a sudden, <laughs> and all the water comes in. This is for the kids, not for you adults. I think you think that. All right. So, um, but be amazed how many adults are now paying attention. So we get on the other side, okay, and they have this great victory, and Miriam, she explodes into a beautiful praise song that's all about Thanksgiving. So to me, I'd say, way to go, girl. You know, afterwards, they're thanking the Lord. So at least we can do it afterwards. All right. That's easy. Let's go to number two, the second one. The second time it's hard is to be thankful before the battle begins. That's harder. Before the battle begins. I'm going to give you a reference, and I want you to read through this slowly tomorrow morning before you go to work. One passage. Just read it slowly. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 through 30. This is more difficult, thanking God before the event occurs. Now, why to me is that so critical and cr- crucial? is because I think when I'm genuinely thanking God, not knowing what the outcome will be, I'm not doing a name it and claim it gig, I'm just trusting God, I'm delighting in the Lord, all right? I'm going ahead, I'm facing, but, but ahead of time I'm saying, Lord, thank you. What I'm really doing at that very moment is I'm really registering the sovereignty of God. You catch that? I'm saying, God, you are in control. I don't know what it is, but you're in control. Watch this now, watch this. And you love me. So however it turns out, I don't evaluate your love based on how I think it should turn out. 
I accept the fact that you love me. I believe that. You're in control. That's okay. And so I'm thanking you ahead of time no matter what happens because it doesn't really matter because I don't get hell. I still have heaven. You see, so I, I look at that. So now some of you, you might say, what, do you, what would I be looking for in the future? Let me give you a couple of them. Those of you that are going to the doctor and you're still waiting for a report. We've been there with Carol, okay, multiple times. You know that. Our, our scar isn't bigger than your scar. Okay, I know that. You know that. But we had to go in ahead of time. Some of you that are facing an unknown future when you go to get retired, what is that going to look like? How hard is that going to be? It's ahead of time. You're thanking God for that. You are having to go into a meeting this coming week, and you've got to face people that push back against what you think is best for what needs to be done for the event or the building of the, or the money or the project or the uh, event that you're trying to plan, whatever that is. You're going in, but you already know these people are, you know, but you're already going in and you're thanking the Lord for that. And I, the list is endless, and I don't have time because we've got more stuff to do today, but let the Spirit of God speak to you about everything you're facing in the future that you, at that moment, think could be really bad. It could turn out really bad. Nothing really turns out real bad unless we decide what's good or bad. If we let God decide it, it's always good because all things work together for good. All right, now, that being said, let me help you what you do. I would suggest, based on what I've already explained to you in that passage you're going to read tomorrow morning, is that when they're getting ready to go to battle, what they did is they sent all the singers in ahead of them. They, they sent in all the people that were going to be grateful before they went into the battle. So now here's what I suggest you to do. I suggest that every morning when you wake up, you have a quiet time with the Lord and the Word of God. And if you need a place to start, do Psalms. Psalms helps our attitude upward. Proverbs helps our attitude outward with other people. And so what you really want to do is go to the Lord now, start your day, with an intimate time, a meaningful, not a lick and a promise, not an obligatory, I did my five minutes. I mean a time where you are drilling deep, even if you only go through one verse and you own that verse. Now, that's only number one. Number two, on your way to work, you have two options now, three actually. One, you can go to work in silence and stew over this. Number two, you could flip on some great praise music. Whatever is your style, as long as it's biblical and it's not just popular that's reaching merely your emotions, but a time of genuine praise that really works for you. Number three, what people rarely do, is while they're heading out for the day, do you turn on Bible teaching? I didn't say turn on Christian radio that has Bible teachers. Because, I mean, you get all sorts of isms and spasms. And I'm on the radio, so I'm speaking about me too. So, all right. That being said, you know who the good Bible teachers are. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm a good Bible teacher, but you still come every week. Maybe you don't come for me, you come for the food. I don't know. But the point of the matter is, listen to Bible teaching because what that's going to do is put your thoughts back on the Word. So now as you go into your battle, you're ready to go. Now let me give you one other thought. Some of you have such a great life, a real Pollyanna life, that you don't have any problems tomorrow. I don't need to do this. I've had a great life. My kids are good. My mate's good. My car runs good. Hey, this is really great. I live in Florida. You know, how can it be bad? Let me tell you that God has a way to bring us back to our knees to test us on what we're hearing this morning on thankfulness. So be careful. Be ready to give thanks. Let me give you number three, third bullet point. And that is during the battle. And to me, that's the hardest time. When you are in the midst of something and it hasn't ended yet, 
and you're not going into it. Because usually when you're going into a battle, you know what's going to happen, so you have time to prepare. And I like to say you have time to prepare for it. But when you're in the midst of that stuff, you don't understand it. You're having a good day, everything's going really good, and all of a sudden someone bangs you from behind because they were texting. You didn't really prepare for that. If, if you did, you'd have been in the other lane, let the guy hit the other guy. You know, you wouldn't have done that. And so there are times that you don't know that it's going to be coming. So you're in the midst of a battle and it just happens to you. And there's so many illustrations of people giving thanks. I think of Jonah in the midst of the great fish when all things were going and he thought he was dead, basically. He still gave thanks and God then turned things around when he did that. What about Peter in the midst of prison life? Didn't know he was going to get out. In the middle of prison, most of the guys that he knew that were popular, they were getting their heads chopped off. Okay, or stoned to death, you know. So in the middle of all of this, not knowing what the end would be, so he's not going into a battle, he's in this thing, he's thanking the Lord through all of this. And then I have my friend Johnny Erickson, Tata. Um, broke her neck, paralyzed from the chin down, and uh, in a chair all of her life, you know, drawing beautiful pictures with her mouth and a pen in it, gritting her teeth. You've seen some of that stuff. It's gorgeous giving her testimony, she said something to me that was kind of like a slap in the face. She said, giving thanks is not an attitude of feeling thankful. It's just a matter of obedience. She has a right to say that. So number three, what makes being thankful so difficult? Well, I think P-R-I-D-E does, pride does. Generally, when we're not thankful, it's because we think we did it. I did this. Or I have no more needs. I think if we really look at it, we have a need somewhere that we can think about the Lord. I'm going to throw another thought in this. I don't know if it is pride, but some people aren't thankful because they are so in the woe is me attitude. Everything is, they're the victim of everything. It's a victim. And I think there's, a, there's an element of pride. Feel sorry for me. Feel sorry for me. Look at how bad it's going for me, you know. And so, they, and so they're always having to be pumped up, always having to be redirected. Instead of saying, yeah, it looks what happened to me, but this, this is nothing. Others have gone through a lot worse. I'll make it. God's there. He's in it. And he'll be on the other side of it too. So I'm saying from one is that I don't need anything. The other is woe is me. I don't have anything. Let's make sure that we know that everything is found in Christ and so we can give thankfulness to him. What are the three kinds of thankful people? Number one, those who feel it unnecessary to be thankful. Unnecessary to be thankful. I'm thinking about the guy who God blessed so much with so much stuff that he had to build a bigger barn. And when he built a bigger barn, it got bigger, 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 bigger. And then he sat back and he ate, drank, and he was all merry. And then finally, there was no thankfulness out of that dude. That's why it's unnecessary. I don't need to be thankful. I got all this stuff. Look what I have. And the Lord came back to him and said, you fool, this very night your soul is going to be required of you. So I want to be very careful and make sure that I'm grateful in my heart for everything that I have. Number two, these are the hypocrites. I referred to that a moment ago. If you remember the Pharisee in the temple who prayed, God, I thank you. I am not like these other people who are swindlers, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector over here. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. There was no thankfulness, genuine thankfulness in him. And so sometimes I wonder, I hope I'm not like that. You know, I, I don't think I'll be like number one, but I could because I still have the flesh. But could I be a lot like number two when I ought to be like number three? Those who are truly thankful. Those who are truly thankful. The most poignant story on thankfulness is when you have the ten lepers. Jesus heals these lepers. And lepers are lepers, you know. And, and so you understand about that. And so he goes ahead and he does all of that. And they all diddly bop down the road. But one of them says, whoops, 
this is cool. But I have to realize it, it, it was a miracle. Then he goes back to the Lord. Now, I'm going to read the verse to you. I'm going to read it slowly. And when I read this verse, this is where I really want to be practically. Here it goes. Now, one of them, when he saw that he had been healed after he had already left, he turned back. So maybe for some of us, stand too. Things have been happening, and I've realized, ooh, I forgot to thank the Lord. I need to turn back. Then it says, glorifying God with a loud voice. Luke chapter 17, 15, and 16. With a, so they were glorifying God with a loud voice. So I like to say this. He went public with his gratefulness. Glorifying God is another great way to say he was thanking the Lord, but he went public with it with a loud voice. Thank you! Praise God! Ten times or whatever. So he was so excited. Then he says, and then he fell on his face at Jesus' feet. That was the humbling. It wasn't just saying, thank you, God, move on with life. You know, and oh, God, yeah, yeah, you're the man upstairs. You took care of me. Woo, another one for God. All right. No, no. There was a humility there, a real brokenness, a real, wow, I am undeserving. And the result of all of this has changed my life in so many positive ways. And God did this. No man could have done this. And he's so humble before God to be able to do that. But then he said, giving thanks to him. And then it threw in, he's a Samaritan, which is probably least likely. And so I look at that verse and I say, now that's truly thankfulness. Well, number four, how can I develop a thankful heart, Stan? How, how do I do that? Well, again, it's all found in Scripture. Number one is recognize the sovereignty of God. You know, put God where he deserves to be. All right, number one, I'm talking to Christians now. Those that are you that are outside looking in on the faith, we, we hold a high view of God. And we need to keep reminding ourselves of that because we get so distracted with the world, but deep in our heart we know He is sovereign. And I would say the same for you, that you would recognize that God is sovereign, but He's also loving. So whatever your background is, I want you to know God loves you enough to take you from where you are right today and do something even greater with your life in the future. And the best of all, do two things. Give you an eternal relationship with Him and a home after death called heaven. All right, the second is, remember the names of the Lord. Remember the names of the Lord. I'm gonna, if you went back to Ephesians chapter 5, it says, giving thanks for all things in the name of Jesus Christ. Right? When I look at that, let's see if you can look up here for me. I, I wish I had one of the, a big one. I really do wish I had a big one of these. What is it? What did you want that was so big? A diamond. <laughs> I'd like to have a big diamond. And when I did that, I could show it to you as a better object lesson for those of you that are sitting way in the back of the auditorium here. But when you look at a diamond, it's a diamond. I get that. But facets are the little sides of the diamond that the diamond cutter then polishes and cuts and does all of that, and so that the diamond takes on even greater beauty as the light reflects off of it, and that's what makes your diamond rings and other jewelry sparkle like it does. So I like to refer to God as that diamond, okay? But what sparkles about God are the little facets of God that will be referred to as name. So his name is the diamond, uh, the, the facet is the diamond, but it's a part of the diamond that we can see even better. So listen to the names of the Lord when you want to be grateful. Here's one. All right, I'm going to be thankful in the name of the Lord. Number one, Jehovah Jireh. That means God provides for me. I think God has provided for all of us here. Now, he may not have provided you with a bigger house, a better car, more clothes, or, or a mate even. But he has provided you with enough clothes so you're not naked. He's provided you with a place so you're not under a bridge. And he's provided you with a family in here that really will love you if you really let us know what you need. We will be there for you, sometimes even better at times than a mate that's off the chart. 
Okay, So again, God will provide for you a whole lot, and of course, all the spiritual blessings. The second name of the Lord is that God is Lord Sabaoth. That's so cool because Sabaoth is the Lord of hosts, and the word host is really heavenly armies, which really means that when I'm going through a real problem and i got a lot of enemies, I have a whole army of God behind me to sustain me, to help me to stand strong and last long during this time of challenges in my life. That's the kind of God I have. So when I, I'm thankful, I'm thankful that I have a whole army of God on my side, Lord Sabiah. Then Lord Shema. And I like that because that means God is there. So that means wherever I am, God's going to be there. God's going to be there in the doctor's office. God's going to be there in my classroom when I'm taking the test. God is going to be there when I'm in a meeting. God is going to be there on the construction site. God's going to be there when I have to have a tough conversation with my kids. God is always there. So when I have these aspects about God, when I give thanks in His name, for all things, in all things, always, man, this is so great. It makes me want to shout hallelujah. All right, focus your thinking on Christ expressing thankfulness to his own Father. Matthew 11, Matthew, or John 6, and John 11. He never, Jesus never lost sight of thankfulness to God. Now, think about this with me for a moment. Why? Why do you think God the Son said all this stuff about God the Father, that he would be thankful to God the Father. Why would he, how, how could he, how would, and here's what I think. This is Ponzism. Whenever I say Ponzism, I don't know that I can fully support it with a clear Bible verse, but it works for me. So be careful with what I'm saying, but at least think about it. I think that no matter what Jesus went through and all that was going on with his friends, remember the, the weeping around Lazarus and the, the heartache that was there, and he raised him from the dead, but all that he went through, here's what it is. I think the reason he could always express thankfulness to God the Father was because he knew that at the end it wasn't the crucifixion, it was the resurrection. And so now I look at my own life. So no matter what I'm going through, whether I get out of this or don't get out of this, whatever the end part of that whole thing is, it's not, I, whew, I just wish I could die. Well, no, no, I, I, I'm looking forward to the, to the resurrection that I'm going to be forever with the Lord. I have Him now. And the best I can ever see what God is like is through His Word. And even that, there's imperfections. Not in the Word, but in me. But when I'm in heaven, it's all there. So I just want you to know that we can give thanks always. And we can develop a thankful spirit. So the last is pretty simple now. The last is in, who do we give thanks to? I think that's not rocket science. I think I've led you down that path to it, which is simply that, first and foremost, God gets all the thanks from us. And then we thank others for those that he's brought into our life. So just take a moment right now in your own mind, because in a few moments we're going to be serving communion to those who know Christ as Savior. So listen with me. Don't pack up. Just listen. Don't pack up. When you thank the Lord, some of you can easily think of a lot of stuff for which to be thankful to the Lord, and that's great. And really that's great. And don't feel guilty that you have so much. God gave you a lot. He gave you richly all things to enjoy, Scripture says. That's cool. Over here, some of you, maybe not so much. And you're still struggling through all of that. Could I submit to you, if there was only one thing you can thank God for, there's only one thing, you're still struggling with the others, but this one thing, can you not thank Him for this? Here it is. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. In the context of that verse, that verse in context, it's talking about His grace. And His grace is found in the person and the work of Christ. Broader, the person and the work of Christ on the cross for you and me. That gift that He gives to you is the grace. 
The grace is wrapped up in the person of Christ. You have the gift of Christ. And when you have Christ, you have everything. Your sins forgiven, a home in heaven. You have an eternal relationship with him. You have power to live your Christian life. You have someone that you can go to moment by moment. You have someone with which will give you peace and joy and all of that. That is all wrapped up in who he is. Now, that's, that's him out there, and that's the gift. Now, you have what we call common grace, which is like air that we all have to breathe. And then you have that specific saving grace that he's offering to you right now if you want it. For by grace are you saved through faith. That going to heaven is a gift of God, not of works. So you can't boast about it. So he's offering that to you. So if there's one thing you can thank him for, will you thank him? God the Father loved you so much that he gave God the Son to the cross to forgive you of all sin and then gave you God the Spirit to be inside of you now to empower you to live a life of victory day by day. I pray you'll trust Christ as your Savior. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us Make It Clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear. We'll be right back.